0: Your daily dose of debate, breaking news, and uncensored views. This is The Michael Medved Show.
1: And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. A great day in Israel, a great day in the United States of America. Why? Because there is progress in both countries to resolving some of the political stalemate and the political disruptions that have plagued both the United States and Israel recently the uh, Netanyahu government has announced uh, that they are forming a new national unity government that includes the opposition Uh, it includes a lot of very fine people who are not members of the current coalition government it's a different coalition and one that has a much broader basis for a country that needs to unify in the midst of the crisis we will talk about the the uh, will be speaking with the former ambassador from Israel to the United States Michael Oren who's also a historian of war in the Middle East he um, is going to be joining us to talk about okay what are the aims of this war where do they know when do they know that the war has been won everybody talks about crushing Hamas what exactly does that mean we will talk about that with ambassador michael Oren coming up on the michael medved show meanwhile in the united states steve scalise has been chosen by the republican party in the house uh... as the choice for speaker and given the fact that the republicans do control the house of representatives by a very narrow margin but as long as people like matt gates uh, <laughs> basically come to their senses and uh, get behind Steve Scalise, who was the right choice, is a better, more unifying, uh, more rejuvenating choice for the Republican Party than Jim Jordan. If they uh, do get behind him and there are no dissenters who uh, want to perpetuate chaos and the House of Representatives he will be the new speaker they were supposed to have a vote this afternoon that's been postponed we don't know when it will take place we will play for you what Steve Scalise had to say in the occasion in the caucus the final vote was uh, 113 for Steve Scalise of Louisiana and 99 for Jim Jordan of Ohio It means that uh, Scalise falls below the threshold needed to win the speakership. They report on CNN in a full vote on the House floor. That requires a majority of the chamber, which currently means 217 votes. So uh, if everybody who voted for uh, Jim Jordan votes for Steve Scalise, it's still not quite enough. Uh, What he needs is virtually a unanimous selection by the entire Republican caucus, and the speculation is strongly that he will get that. Meanwhile, in terms of the new national unity government in Israel, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu agreed to form a national unity government, this from the Wall Street Journal, with members of the opposition, including former generals, to lead the country uh, via a wartime cabinet. It brings together representatives of rival parliamentary groups in a broad coalition uh, usually at a time of national emergency. Netanyahu had initially wanted only those with military expertise in the opposition to join his existing coalition uh, but he has broadened that coalition idea. Netanyahu said in a televised speech, the most important action now is to establish the unity of the nation. The division within us is over. We are all united, and when we are united, we win, he said. He uh, met today with the head of the National Unity Party, Benny Gantz, who's a terrific guy, a former chief of staff and defense minister who sought to be part of a smaller war cabinet Focused only on legislation pertinent to the operation against Hamas. The uh, two agreed to form a small war management cabinet that will also include Defense Minister Yoav Galant uh, and Yair Lapid, the opposition leader and head of the Atid party, Atid means we have a future, met Netanyahu and Gantz uh, after the attacks began and Lapid will have a place reserved for him should he wish to join. The War Cabinet will also have two observers, a former Chief of Staff, Gadi Eisenkot, who is in the National Unity Party with uh, Benny Gantz, and Ron Dermer, uh, who is originally a Floridian, who is a former ambassador to the United States and a close ally of Netanyahu and a Strategic Affairs Minister will be his post. Uh, Ron Dermer has been a guest on our show on several occasions and uh, is again a very fine addition to the functioning cabinet in Israel and with all of this uh, coming together there is the uh, uh, sense of uh, expectation Uh, at the very edge of uh, the expected israeli uh, drive by land forces led by tanks into the uh, uh, Gaza uh, and with the purpose of completely crippling any uh, ability for Hamas to repeat the horrors that have shocked the entire world Uh, by the way the the reaction of a number of leaders around the world has been a deeply encouraging and uh, a very, very moving for Jewish people. Uh, the president of Israel, uh, Chaim Herzog, uh, thanked President Biden, for instance, who is going to be speaking again later today. We may go to it live. His last speech about support for Israel and his, more importantly, actions in support of Israel have been uh, extremely moving and welcome and appreciated. Uh, We are going to be speaking about speaking out to other people and what you say to them, people who buy the false narrative of the extreme progressive left. There's some answer to that from Lanny Davis, former White House counselor, who uh, has a brand new piece, uh, Hamas's terrorist war against Israel. There is no on the other hand. And it basically is a response to people on the left who say, well, what about the suffering of the Palestinians? I uh, need to speak with you and will. Uh, about one of the really shocking mistakes and, in fact, distortions that people put forward about the Middle East. This idea that basically the Palestinians who uh, lived for thousands of years in in the same place and built up this wonderful civilization were actually crushed by invading Jews uh, during the lead-up to... And the occasion of the war for independence for Israel in 1948 Uh, there was no replacement what there was was addition and some of the figures that I need to share with you because it's crucial for answering some of the mistakes are that when people talk about Gaza you hear that it's an open-air prison it's this worst place in the world well that worst place in the world since israel took it over in 1967 and then israel continued to operate in gaza and to supervise gaza and to take responsibility for it between 1967 and when israel decided to evacuate to leave it and to leave it alone and to they handed the keys to gaza the uh, during that period of time the life expectancy in gaza the birth rate the population all showed healthy progress what does that mean we'll get to it and on the michael medved show it is a great honor to welcome back to the show michael Oren, who is a personal friend and has been a great friend of this show he is the author of the new bestseller 2048 the rejuvenated state about the next uh, 75 years uh, actually the next century of uh, is Israeli history Uh, the completion of the first century of Israeli history, (laughs) to get that clear. But uh, the book is a fascinating perspective. It's written partially in Arabic, in English, and uh, in Hebrew, but uh, obviously the English version is probably most relevant for people. He's also the author of the major bestseller Six Days of War, a book about uh, the June 1967 war. And most importantly, he is formerly Israel's ambassador to the United States of America. Um, With the war accelerating and intensifying in the Middle East and everyone expecting a land uh, incursion into Gaza almost at any moment, uh, what is the chief aim of this war? How will the world and Israeli leadership know that that war aim has been attained?
2: And all excellent questions. Great to be with you, Michael, even given the circumstances. Um, the, the government has been you know, rather opaque about the war aims. Um, I think I can summarize them as follows. Um, to restore security to our borders, and those borders are not yet secure. secure. There's still terrorists running around within Israel proper. Um, I was down south today, and we got caught in one of these terrorist attacks. Uh, by terrorists were actually still within Israel. Uh, the second is to destroy Hamas, to uproot Hamas from Gaza. Thirdly, and this is not an order of importance, by the way, uh, to rescue our hostages, to secure freedom for our hostages. And I would say more broadly, though no one is saying this, is we have to restore our – uh, deterrent power uh, which probably now is negligible and uh, deterrent power is, is absolutely crucial for Israel's security that our enemies fear us um, again you mentioned my book the sixth day of war book about 1967 it's important to note that Israel went to war against Egypt but Israel Egypt hadn't fired a shot at us but Nasser had you know, ousted the UN and remilitarized Sinai and closed the Straits of Tehran the sense was uh, among Israeli leaders back in 1967, that if, if Israel didn't react, then we'd lose our deterrent power. And so Israel struck first by destroying the Egyptian Air Force. So that's always a, a that's sort of a late leitmotif of, of Israeli thinking. How do we keep our enemies afraid of us? Right now, they're not, and we have to restore that fear.
1: I'm again the the question that that plagues me and actually keeps me up at night and I imagine some similar question keeps you up at night is at what point do you know that you've won that you've succeeded that you've achieved what you needed to achieve in other words people talk about destroying Hamas how do you measure that is it a question of apprehending and uh, putting on trials for uh, on trial for war crimes, the leaders of Hamas, or simply uh, eliminating the leaders of Hamas. How do you know you've you've won against uh, a psychotic uh, evil terrorist group like this?
2: Well, you can never win entirely, any more than the United States and its allies won against ISIS. Um, clearly, the United States declared victory over ISIS, but ISIS is still there now, isn't it? Blowing things up. Um, and I imagine if Israel, you know, completely conquered uh, the Gaza Strip um, and all Hamas activity was uh, utterly eliminated, that in time, once again, you'd have little cells growing up. And if that's the question is, if we Israel does conquer the whole uh, Strip uh, again, who, you know, we're going to be sit there holding, we're going to be holding the keys to Gaza, and nobody is going to be particularly eager to take those keys from us. Uh, so it's very important that right now Israel engages with intense diplomacy uh, with the United States and other allies, and even with our Arab allies. about what, What's going to be the status of state of Gaza on the morning after? Because um, Israel doesn't want to be in that situation where we're occupying. And then the whole process starts again of, of, of small-time terrorist attacks against uh, soldiers, then larger terrorist attacks. Um, and we're just going to be you know in a, in a cycle in that way. We have to
1: break it. And the key way of breaking it, I mean, one of the things that happened is uh, I imagine you are a supporter of the new coalition government that was just announced today uh, by Prime yeah, Minister Netanyahu. We've been we, yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, that's a, 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 one, one move in, in uh, the right direction. But when you talk about. Uh, enhanced diplomacy and the future of Gaza i mean one of the problems here in 2005 when israel evacuated gaza is it a mistake that uh they the decision was made by prime minister sharon to leave gaza without any deal with any palestinian authorities at all
2: well there was no deal to be had <laughs> The Palestinian Authority wasn't going to make a deal with us over over Gaza. I think they tried back then. I wasn't in government in two thousand five. I was, however, a reserve officer who took part in that, and it was it was deeply traumatic. I think if, you know the message you you give when you you know unilaterally give up territory is always problematic. And and then we left, and we sort of turned our back on Gaza, even as uh, Hamas established itself there, even as Hamas fired rockets. Our response to the initial rocket barrages was very uh, lukewarm. Um, uh, in retrospect, uh, some of those settlements did not have to be removed. They were either uh, along the border. Their status wasn't entirely certain, but they were in Gaza in Israel. Um, and uh, I think we were, we're paying a price now. But the biggest price we're paying is just by underestimating the sheer barbarism of these people. You can call them people. I'm hearing, and I was in government, and the, the, the conventional wisdom was that Hamas wears two hats. It wears a, a jihadist terrorist hat but also wears a sovereign hat it was the de facto government of an independent palestinian state in gaza and the feeling among israeli decision makers was that you know we should give these people a lot of qatari money we should um let their workers come in thousand workers a day should come in and Hamas will focus increasingly on on that sovereign hat but the fact of that is it didn't didn't it? know The it had it swearing is it or that not uh, saturday was very much the jihadist terrorist
1: attack. The next uh, indication of a successful response to that uh, the terrorist side of Hamas.
2: I think if we, you know, if we continue uh, putting the pressure on Gaza, we, uh, we on Hamas, and then we start moving our ground forces in there, and that's what the... Air Force is preparing that way. It's actually, Air Force with its bombing is actually creating a corridor for our tanks to enter, uh, telling the, the population, the civilian population, to clear out of these neighborhoods and giving us uh, and our forces a clear field of fire.
1: Uh, Michael Oren, I greatly appreciate your time uh, and may you and your family and the whole family of the people of Israel be safe. Uh, he is the author most recently. Of a book about Israel's first hundred years, which are coming up twenty-five years from now. The book is called 2048, The Rejuvenated State. Rejuvenated how? Read the book. Uh, we will be right back on the Medbed Show. Michael Medved Show. uh, There is even more going on in Congress uh, that uh, is long overdue. One of the things that is long overdue is selecting a new Republican Speaker of the House. It's encouraging that uh, the party is coming together behind Steve Scalise as the new Speaker. And Jim Jordan Uh, did the right thing, and basically, given the fact that Steve Scalise uh, had 15 more members of Congress in his corner than Jordan had in his, Jordan has thrown his support to Steve Scalise. There are still a few votes short of getting the 217 votes that they need, because none of the Democrats, they're all going to vote for Hakeem Jeffries to be Speaker. Uh, He is the minority leader in the House. But all of this has been held up uh, at least for a while. Uh, Steve Scalise, after the Republicans behind closed doors, uh, voted for him by 113 to 98 members of the House to be the new Speaker. Steve Scalise made a statement uh, sounding like this, clip seven.
3: First, I want to thank my House Republican colleagues for just designating me as the speaker. Obviously, we still have work to do. We're going to have to go upstairs on the House floor and resolve this and then get the House opened again. We have a lot of work to do, uh, not just in the House for the people of this country, but we see how dangerous of a world it is and how things can change so quickly. Uh, we need to make sure we're sending a message to people all throughout the world that the House is open and doing the people's business, uh, making sure that we're unequivocally standing uh, in our first resolution uh, that uh, we pass under Speaker Steve Scalise will be to make it clear that we stand with Israel. The McCall Meeks resolution will be our first order of business. but. Obviously, there's a lot more work to do.
1: And uh, the priorities that he would include, in addition to um, making clear at this uh, time of need, that yes, we stand with Israel. In addition, the other priorities for Steve Scalise?
3: Families are struggling across this country. You know, we passed a lot of legislation to help families get back on track, to address our border crisis to get our economy moving again, to address the spending in Washington that's driving inflation, high energy costs. All of those bills that we've passed and that we're going to continue to pass that are sitting over in the Senate need to be taken up. We've passed over 70% of the bills to fund the government, dealing with appropriations and setting the priorities of this nation's spending, and the Senate has taken up zero. The Senate has to start doing their work And by the way, in that legislation, including the state and foreign ops bill, the defense appropriations bill, includes funding for Israel. Things like Iron Dome, precision guided missiles, things that could be used today to help them in this war. So there is a lot to do. I'm also going to be calling on President Biden to sit down and talk about the crisis at the border. As we have an open southern border, and we've seen millions come in in the last few years, including people on the terrorist watch list from all over the world.
1: Okay, this is uh, all important and the energy there. Uh, as, by the way, he simultaneously battles a uh, it, to get that 217 votes because there currently are two members of Congress who are missing Uh, It's 217 votes he needs, not the 218 he would need if there was a full House. You'll pardon the expression. Um, They they are also uh, undertaking something else in the House that is long overdue and, frankly, shouldn't take too long, which is the expulsion of George Santos from Congress. Republican lawmakers, Republican lawmakers, thank you very much are introducing a resolution to expel George Santos why well because today there was this news story federal prosecutors yesterday filed a significant array of additional charges against representative George Santos Republican New York accusing him of new criminal schemes including stealing the identities and credit card details of donors to his campaign The new accusations were made in a 23-count superseding indictment that laid out how Santos had charged his donors' credit cards repeatedly without their authorization, distributing the money to his and other candidates' campaigns and to his own bank account. The uh, 10 charges against Santos, a conspiracy to commit offenses against the United States, wire fraud, aggravated identity theft, access device fraud, false statements to the election, uh, Federal Election Commission, and falsifying records to obstruct the commission. Santos's alleged misdeeds uh, have more in common with those of a run-of-the-mill grifter, says the New York Times. Among other things, prosecutors say that Santos stole a donor's credit card number to transform more than $11,000 to his own bank account and swindled 50000 from two other donors using a fake non-profit, uh, using the money to buy designer goods for himself and settle personal debts. They say he faked being wealthy to impress Republican leaders reported a fictitious $500,000 campaign loan to get their financial support and made up tens of thousands of dollars in donations to give the impression of runaway political success. The updated indictment came five days after Santos's campaign treasurer Nancy Marks, pleaded guilty to a felony count of conspiracy to defraud the United States. Okay, Uh, George Santos is not resigning, which of course any decent human being would do under these circumstances. Can you imagine Imagine you had given him your credit card number because you wanted to support a young Republican who was taking over a Democratic district. And by the way, the previous holder of that seat in Congress, uh, a Democrat who was Representative uh, uh, Swozy, he, um, he's already announced his candidacy. And part of the reason that the Republicans want him expelled from Congress is to have a chance of holding this seat because if Santos is running again it's a a way of giving an extra seat to the Democrats and with Congress being so close it's appalling Uh, speaking of appalling George Santos statement uh, today amidst this chaotic mix more wrenches are being thrown further complicating matters it's disheartening to witness my colleagues prioritize their campaigns over the essential work that needs to be done However, we must remain steadfast in our commitment to upholding due process and respecting the Constitution. He's saying that. It is the cornerstone of our democracy and the guiding light that ensures justice and fairness for all. An expulsion of myself as a member of Congress before being found guilty from a criminal investigation will set a dangerous precedent. Okay, what is the dangerous precedent? Uh, does it work to have a congressman sitting there in a vulnerable seat uh, harming his party, harming his country because he's under indictment for credit card fraud, for taking people's credit cards who were kind enough? How do some of those donors feel? How, how would it feel? that if you, say, donate $25 to a, a Santos campaign, and you end up finding that the candidate himself has stolen to buy scarves and vests and sweaters and nice luxury goods, he's stolen $11,000 of your money. Uh, more on some very heartening statements from conservative politicians supporting Israel and its struggle. We'll get to that and more coming up on The Medved Show.
3: The Michael Medved
0: Show all across America. Michael Medved's marvelous malice-making media machine. This is The Michael Medved Show.
1: I mentioned yesterday here on The Michael Medved Show that I have been deluged Uh, literally deluged by phone calls and emails and text messages and letters, old snail mail letters, all asking uh, what people can do to help Israel in its struggle, and in its struggle against monstrous evil, which is as clearly represented as possible uh, by Hamas. And the main thing is to spread the truth and help to correct some of the misunderstandings that people have about the the history of this conflict. Uh, for instance, one of the, the basic lies that is told again and again and again and again by the anti-Israel progressive left, and unfortunately most of the progressive left is po- poisonously anti-Israel, We're going to be speaking uh, about that with a Democrat who is on the side of the angels on this one, uh, Lanny Davis, uh, that coming up. But one of the ways that you can inform yourself and get some concept of what the actual history of the reborn state of Israel is and who the Palestinians are and how it is that they became this most famously aggrieved group in the world. Uh, Get our um, history programs from the Medved show. There are three of them. They're packaged together, frankly. Uh, One of them uh, is uh, called uh, Why They Fight, The Origins of the Arab-Israeli Conflict. And that's available for uh download it's available on cd format it's available in various ways through the medved history store go to the medved history store just go to our website michaelmedved.com for a background that i hope you can share with people about the truth of the middle east conflict for instance uh what what you hear and we'll talk about this further But it's so frustrating to me. As people say, Gaza is the most – is an open-air prison. It is a place full of misery. Uh, Here's just something that I I just looked up uh, yesterday. And the life expectancy at birth among uh, people living in the Gaza Strip is – 74.4 74.4 years that's almost like the US 76.4 years and it has gone up since Israel originally took control of Gaza that was 1967 at the time that Israel took control of Gaza it was 51 years was the life expectancy It went up to seventy six point four years and the population went up dramatically the population grew more in Gaza than in the West Bank or than in Jordan or in Egypt or anywhere the population in Gaza has been growing it hasn't been people desperate to get out and this whole idea of the misery and the suffering of the people in Gaza has been greatly, greatly distorted. Somebody who sees it clearly is a remarkable young leader, conservative leader, he's 44 years old. He will, with God's help, be the next Prime Minister of Canada. And his name is Pierre Poliev, and he is the leader of the opposition party in Canada, He is the alternative to Justin Trudeau uh, who, in fairness, also spoke strongly in behalf of Israel. But the speech by Pierre Polyev was unusual and worth listening to. Uh, The moral clarity is exemplary here. Listen.
0: It is with a combination of heartbreak and outrage that i join with all of you here today heartbreak for the innocent mothers babies grandparents party goers peace activists who suddenly and inexplicably lost their lives at the hands of an unprecedented terrorist attack and outrage at the attackers and so In starting my remarks tonight, let me be explicitly clear. Hamas is not a militant organization. It is not an activist organization. It is surely not a government. It is a sadistic, demonic, genocidal terrorist death cult. And it must be defeated and destroyed.
1: And he goes on to uh, explain what that destruction means.
0: This is evil in its purest form. And that evil must be defeated. <laughs> Hamas does not speak for the Palestinian people. It does not speak for Muslims. And it surely does not speak for Canadians. And that is why I unreservedly condemn any and all who took part in the disgusting celebrations that we have seen on our streets last
1: and uh, then more about what Canada must do.
0: And Canada must call for an investigation into how this attack was so well coordinated. It is clear to me that the regime in Iran has been the greatest actor of evil and terrorism on the world stage and we must work day and night to defeat that regime. That includes criminalizing the IRGC so that they can never use this as a safe operating ground in which to do their horrible work.
1: And uh, then concludes this way.
0: There have been monsters of all shapes and sizes and types who have attempted to destroy the Jewish people, but they have never succeeded. The Israeli people are eternal in the defense of their homeland, of their faith, and their culture. One of my greatest memories was taking Shabbat with a rabbi from London, Ontario, who had made Aliyah and gone to Israel, and his seven kids sitting there singing the same beautiful songs that would have been sung on that same land three millennia earlier. That is a story of survival. And so I pledge the continuing friendship of His Majesty's loyal opposition, of the Parliament of Canada, indeed of all Canadians, we stand with you in these horrific times. Our bond of friendship is strong and our faith in the future is complete. So may you keep that faith and stand strong and hold true as you always have. Am Yisrael Chai, thank you.
1: What he just said is Am Yisrael Chai, means the people Israel live Uh, Justin Trudeau uh, in fairness the Prime Minister of Canada also condemned some of the sickening pro Hamas pro uh, murder rallies that took place in Canada listen
2: the glorification of death and violence and terror has no place anywhere including especially here in Canada. So let me be very clear. Hamas terrorists aren't a resistance. They're not freedom fighters. They are terrorists. And no one in Canada should be supporting them, much less celebrating them. Canada.
1: Okay, that's the Prime Minister of Canada, Canada, Justin Trudeau. Uh, coming Coming up on The Medved Show, uh, we will talk a little bit about this basic myth that is behind all of the apologists for Hamas. It's a myth of replacement, that somehow uh, the Jewish people invaded, stole land, stole property, drove the Palestinians out of the nation of Israel, and took over everything. And again, frankly, there are censuses, there are numbers of people. And during the period of most intensive Jewish settlement, there were more people arriving in Israel at that time who were Arab, who were Palestinian in fact, what later became called Palestinian. So how does that work? We will explain that to you in pursuit of the truth, which is remains an important and crucial value for this greatest nation on God's green earth.